I believe God's about to do something great up in this place. If you believe that, then somebody give him an amen. amen. While you're standing up, before you're seated, I know you've been up for a while, look at your neighbor and announce to them the title of this series, which is Lyrics and Lines. Last week, we were in Psalms chapter 100. In Psalms 100, the title of last week's message was Enter with the Password because Psalms 100 says that we should make a shout, a, a shout for joy unto the Lord and worship Him with thanksgiving in our hearts. That's the password. Today I want to stay in that same vein of conversation and I want to back up just two chapters to Psalms chapter 98. Are you ready to do some work? Let me read a little bit of the narrative and then I'll have you let you be seated. Psalms chapter 98, beginning in verse 1, is an instructional passage of Scripture. It's a narrative that tells us the purpose of, of worship. It's not just there to occupy space on a page. It's, it's very specific. And it says this, Sing to the Lord a new song. For he has done marvelous things. His right hand and his holy arm have worked salvation for him. It says, sing to the Lord a new song. Somebody say, a new song. Somebody say, sing like it's Sunday. That might not make sense right now, but it will in a few minutes. For those of you who are, you know, maybe, let me say it this way. Maybe this verse is a tough pill for you to swallow because you're one of those people that are like, well, I want to sing some of those songs from yesteryear. From 37 years ago, bless God. Hey, there's nothing wrong with that, but could it be that God in our worship is trying to get us to look forward in our faith in a creative fashion so that we'll realize that worship is not about a style, it's not about a song, it's not about a genre. Worship is about the marvelous God who has done marvelous things and therefore our mouths should break into a new song kind of praise. Somebody give him a new song praise up in this place. I'm about to preach. Verses 2 and following says, The Lord has made his salvation known and revealed his righteousness to the nations. He has remembered his love and his faithfulness to Israel. All the ends of the earth have seen the salvation of our God. Verse 4, Shout for joy to the Lord all the earth. I said shout for joy unto the... Some of the earth. Shout for joy the seven people here and the nine back there. No, it says, all of the earth shout for joy. Burst into jubilant song with music. Make music to the Lord with the harp, with the harp and the sound of singing, with trumpets and the blast of the ram's horn. Shout for joy before the Lord, the King. Let the sea resound and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. Let the rivers clap their hands. Let the mountains sing together for joy. Oh, my Lord. Have mercy. It's verse 1, though that I want to pay specific attention to today. Look back at verse 1. Sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done marvelous things. His right hand and his holy arm have, have worked salvation for him. Just be seated, be seated. Sing to the Lord a new song. I need you to grab this. Are you going to help me preach today? Sing to the Lord a, a new song. Last week, we talked about God is looking for someone who will fill their mouths with faith regardless of what they see. 
that they will fill their mouths with faith regardless of what they see and they will not allow what they see to control what they say or in this case what they sing in this narrative of scripture what God is saying to us is that he is looking for someone who will sing a new song even though they're living in an old situation Lord have mercy can I get somebody to give God a new song kind of praise God is looking for someone who will sing a new song. Even though they're in a new situation, they'll sing like it's Sunday. Even though it feels like Saturday. That'll make sense in a few minutes. Hang with me. But I believe someone needs to hear this. I don't know who this is for, but for some of you, the enemy has trapped an old song in your mouth. The enemy has you singing the blues about your situation. And the enemy wants to trap an old song in your mouth so that he can keep you from the new thing that God is trying to do. You see, it only stands to reason. If God wants you to fill your mouth with faith, if God wants you to fill your mouth with a new song, it's because it will cause your spirit to grow. And that means the enemy knows that, so the enemy wants you to sing a song that is connected to your plight rather than singing a new song. You're not grabbing this. The enemy goes after your mind so that he can control the song of your mouth. I don't know who this is for, but somebody's about to have a breakout kind of mindset, a brand new song kind of mindset. I don't know who this is for, but somebody is about to walk into the newness of what God has for you. He is about to expand your territory. He is about to expand your horizons. He's going to walk you into a season of fruitfulness, into a season of harvest. He's about to take you out of something that you have been in and going to walk you into something that he has for you. Somebody going to help me receive this word from the Lord. He's about to walk you out of something because he's going to walk you into a season of prominence. And the very reason that you woke up today should be proof that God has something new for you. Sing to the Lord a new song. Let's talk about this new song for a minute because how many of you know sometimes we have a frog in our throat when it comes to the new song? If we were being transparent today, James, sometimes there is a frog in our throat that's connected to the situation in our lives. Therefore, the new song is extinguished by what's going on. Let me prove this to you. Using Luke chapter 24 to illustrate this and to also build on the title of this sermon. In Luke chapter 24, you have two dudes who are leaving Jerusalem who are walking on the road to Emmaus. While they're walking on this road to Emmaus, they're having conversation about the situation in their lives, the situation that has unfolded in the preceding days. What's happened in the preceding days is that there has been this, this, this crucifixion of the Savior. And then three days later, on Sunday, hello, God began to do something great and the, the stone was rolled away and Jesus walked out of the tomb and then he became the resurrection and the life. How many of you are with me? Here's what's unique about this passage of scripture is that it is unfolding on Sunday. The resurrection has already happened. But the two dudes are leaving Jerusalem, going to Emmaus, but they're complaining about what happened on Friday missing what's happened already on Sunday. 
Jesus is with them, but they don't even recognize him because of the Saturday feelings. You know what is unique about the Gospels is there's not a whole lot referenced in the Gospels. In fact, nothing in the Gospels when it comes to Saturday. Think about this. The Savior dies and is placed in the tomb on Friday. We don't know anything about Saturday. But if you begin to think in the natural, you have to know that the followers of Christ had to feel very lonely and insecure and broken on Saturday. Can you imagine how they felt on Saturday? So they're having this conversation with Saturday feelings, walking to Emmaus. We thought that he was the Savior. We thought that he was the Messiah. We thought that he was the one who was going to offer to us freedom. We thought he was the one that was going to end our oppression, heal the land, and deliver the miraculous. We thought he was that one, and we were, we were singing what we thought was a new song, but the new song was extinguished by the old situation. And here they are walking to Emmaus. Jesus comes up on the conversation, listening to them, and he begins to question them. And they don't even recognize Jesus. Why? Because they are living according to Saturday. I wonder how many times Saturday feelings have caused us not to be able to worship on Sunday. Oh, Lord. And I'm not talking about just a day of the week. I wonder how many times Saturday has robbed us from the new song. Mm. Do I have anybody who's had some Saturday feelings in the house? You know what I'm talking about. It's that period of time in between the event and the breakthrough. Look what happens in Luke chapter 24. I got to show you this. Luke 24, beginning in verse 17, it says, So when Jesus walks up to them, he said, What are you guys discussing together as you walk along? They stood still. Their faces were downcast. Huh. One of them named Cleopas said, Are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there in these days? What things, Jesus said. About Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed, before God and all of the people. The chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. Verse 21, but we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what is more, it is the third day since all of that took place. Here they are, walking with Jesus walking with the resurrection of life, walking with the Savior, walking with the Messiah, but because they cannot get over their feelings of Saturday, they cannot begin to see who he is and what he's doing on Sunday. How many times have we allowed the feelings of Saturday to rob us from praise on Sunday? Somebody say, sing like it's Sunday. Somebody else say, sing like it's Sunday. Look at your neighbor and say, sing like it's Sunday. So here, these two dudes are walking along. Their faces are downcast. The Bible says that they're really not in any emotional position to be able to praise. Here's the deal. They love Jesus. The 
crucifixion hasn't destroyed their love for Jesus. The problem is their feelings that have been with them for the last 24 hours is keeping them from recognizing Jesus. And what becomes the identifying characteristic in their lives, which I think many of us can identify with, is is verse 21. Verse 21, it says this, But we had hoped. But we had hoped. Maybe you can change what comes after that in verse 21 to fit your own needs. But we had hoped. But we had hoped that we would not be in this position. But we had hoped that we would not be suffering through this difficulty. But we had hoped by now we would have a new job. We had hoped by now, but yet we don't have a job. And now we're unemployed and we're trying to figure out how to. But we had hoped that by now we would have had children. We had hoped by now. I had hoped that I'd be married. I had hoped by now that I would not be going through this pain still. I had hoped by now. And the psalmist writes, sing to the Lord a new song. Sometimes you have to sing like it's Sunday, even when you feel like it's Saturday. Sometimes you have to allow your mouth to be filled with a new song kind of praise, even when you're going through an old situation. Oh, Lord, have mercy. You're not hearing me. Somebody needs to hear this. The freedom that you need in your life is not going to come when your situation changes. God begins to work freedom in your spirit before your situation ever changes. Grab this. God is more interested in changing your spirit than he is in changing your situation. God is more interested in changing the condition of your spirit than he is at rearranging the situation in your life. I know this is not popular in today's culture because in today's culture, it's all about a scenery change. If we don't like it, we just change scenery. But if you think about it, James, that's what the two dudes leaving Jerusalem were doing. They were leaving Jerusalem because they wanted a change in scenery and they were going to Emmaus. But on their way to Emmaus, their eyes were open, if you continue to read, this, read the story, to the truth of who Jesus was. And once they saw who Jesus was, they began to sing a different kind of praise. And the Bible says they turned around and went back to Jerusalem to tell everyone that he's alive. So I, 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 wrote, this, I wrote this down. Could it be, I need you to grab this. Could, could it be, it's the new song in my mouth that gives me power over the old situation in my life. Did you hear that? Could it be it's the new song in my mouth that gives me power over the old situation in my life? You see, what you need to understand is that freedom does not come when your situation changes, but your situation changes when you have freedom in your spirit. Lord, have mercy. Did you grab that? Freedom does not come when your situation changes. Freedom, but your situation does change when there is freedom in your spirit. And some of you need to grab hold of the truth that everything you need, you have the resources from the Most High God to live a life of freedom so that you can tell the old situation, you can tell the enemy that you are not going to control the song that's in my mouth. I'm going to sing a new song because he who the Son sets free is free indeed. Lord have mercy. Somebody sing God a new song song kind of praise (laughs) 
But what's really peculiar about this psalm is that the psalmist kind of tells us that there is a process. There's a process. Somebody say process. There's a process to even writing songs. Do I have any songwriters in the house? If you're a songwriter and you want to admit it, just, just raise your hand. Okay? Nobody. Do I have any shower singers in the house? <laughs> Let me tell you about the process of writing songs. The process of writing songs is generally you will go to a place that gives to you the ability to receive inspiration and creativity. Whatever that environment is for you, maybe it's the coffee house, maybe it's, it's a quiet room, maybe it's the park, whatever it is. Then there is a theme that you begin to build upon, and then sometimes there is a collaborative effort with other musicians. There's a process. Somebody say the process. The psalmist is giving us the process whereby we can begin to sing a new song. And the very first thing that you need to know is in order to sing a new song, sometimes you have to start with an old song. Some of you are like, well, hold on a second. That seems to be a little contradictory. Well, let me help you understand something. If you read verses 1 through 3, you will see that every verse in Psalms chapter 98, verses 1 through 3, all of the verbs are past tense. Theologians agree that this psalm is written from a position of remembrance. In other words, the psalmist is thinking back to everything that God has done for him in the past. Even though he's in a situation or a crisis or a difficulty at the moment, he begins to reflect. He begins to go back. Somebody say, go back. He begins to go back to everything that God has ever done for him. And when he begins to think about those things, he cannot help but to put a new song in his mouth, even though he's in an old situation. So sometimes you have to go back to that old song. When you feel like you're all alone, think about how it gives you inspiration. And you feel like in this situation, you're all alone and no one's with you. And then all of a sudden in your heart, you remember... And he who walks with me, and he talks with me, and he tells me I am his own. And the joy that we share as we tarry there, none other has ever known. And then, and then... And, and then you're like, well, you don't know what to do, and you need the presence of God. Surely the presence of the Lord is in this place. I can feel his mighty power and his grace. Mm. Then all of a sudden, you, you, you begin to think, but I need, I need healing from the Lord. And you remember back, and God healed you before, and it's reach out and touch the Lord as he goes by. You will find he's not too busy to 
hear your hearts cry. Then you remembered back the time that you were holding on to all of that and you just finally gave it all to God. All to Jesus, I surrender. All to Him, I freely give. And I will ever love and trust Him. In his presence daily live. How many of you remember? Hmm. How many of you remember all that God has done for you? How many of you can think back and say, I've seen God come through for me before, so what keeps me from believing he can come through now? Hmm. You see, this entire psalm is built upon a position of remembrance. He's remembering all of the marvelous things that God has done. You see, there's a principle here. There's a principle of faith that is present here. Sometimes in order to go forward in your faith, you have to go back and remember all that he's done. If you want to sing a new song and overcome your old situation, you've got to begin to remember all that God has done in and through you and for you. Some people believe that a problem is an interruption to the process. However, this psalmist is telling us that the problem is, is what causes there to be the birthplace of the new song in your mouth. So when you begin to think about all that God has done, when I think about the times in my life when I needed him and I didn't know how to fix what was going on in my life, I remembered that he showed up and he made a way when there seemed to be no way. I remember in times in my life when I could not save myself and he became my salvation. I remember times in my life when I needed wisdom because I didn't know which door to go through and he showed me which door to go through. I remember in my life the times that I needed healing and Jehovah Rapha, the God of healing, begin to anoint me. I remember the times that I needed an anointing and I could not do it on my own. And all of a sudden, heaven opened up on my behalf. What I'm trying to tell you today is do not allow the Saturday feelings to keep you from singing like it's Sunday. But the psalmist goes even deeper. Are you with me? Are you with me? How many of you in here at times you have anxiety in your life? Just raise your hand. Okay, most of us, the rest of us are not human. But he talks about this anxiety. He, he, he begins to address it. He's saying that you can overcome the anxiety by, by, by singing a new song, by, by remembering all that, that God has done, by, by thinking back and, 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 and remembering that, that, that he has poured out upon you in times that, that you couldn't... <laughs> You couldn't gather it up for yourself. You begin to remember the faithfulness of God. And I need you to think about this. So, so he's looking back, and he's got a new song in his mouth. You can look back over your life, and you can allow your past to paralyze you. Or you can look back over your life and allow your past to fuel your faith. 
because you'll begin to see how God was with you every single step of the way, and therefore a new song will burst out of your mouth. You see, all this is is an Old Testament version of a New Testament verse where it says that, but, but, but know this, that he who began a good work in you will be faithful to complete it. Good Lord, have mercy. So all I need to know and do is to put a praise in my mouth no matter what the situation is because that new song kind of praise will give me the ability to break through the old situation in my life. So I have to, so I have to remember, I have to go back. I have, in order to compose the new song, I have to put a new song in my, in order to compose the new song, I have to go back and revisit the old song. And I, I have to remember to, to fill my mouth with a new song kind of praise because the Bible says that every last bit of this praise in Psalms chapter 98 is because he remembered the marvelous things that God had done. Think about it. He's remembered all uh, 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 of the marvelous things. I, I, I wrote something down, and I, I don't want to skip over this. So, so let me read this to you. It's the marvelous things that everybody wants. <laughs> we all want marvelous things, right? We all want to sing the new song. Mm. But the new song is generally birthed with the old situation. You see... We all want an anointing, we just don't want the process. We all, we all want promotion, we just don't want to have to do the work that it takes in order to get that promotion. But what you need to understand that the psalmist is saying is that when you put a new song in your mouth, you're sending a notice to the enemy. The enemy can no longer control your thoughts because you are no longer focused upon what happened on Saturday or on Friday. But now you're focused on what's going to happen because your God is your Savior. He is your salvation. So you're telling every time you fill your mouth with a new song kind of praise, you're saying to the enemy, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Oh, Lord, have mercy. If God is for me, then tell me who can be against me because no weapon formed against me will ever prosper because I know he is with me. I, my salvation is in him. I trust in him. He will never leave me nor forsake me. And because of that, I'm going to sing a new song, even in an old situation. I'm going to sing like it's Sunday. Well, watch this. Watch this. This is really cool. It's the next part of this and I'm getting ready to close down because we've got some stuff we need to do. But watch. Verse 4 says, Shout for joy to the Lord all of the earth, all of the earth, all inclusive. Burst into jubilant song with music. Make music to the Lord with the harp, with the harp and the sound of singing, with trumpets and the blast of the ram's horn. Oh, hold on a second. What the psalmist is saying, Darren, is break out the band. Bless God for the band. Bless God for the drums, for the keyboard, for the electric guitar, for the bass, for the acoustic, for the singers. Can I tell you something? There is something that happens in the heavens when we begin to break forth in corporate praise. Let me show you something. Flip with me again over to Luke chapter 24. I'm going to pick it up in verse 30. You, you have to see this. It says, 
when he was at the table with them, he took bread, he gave thanks, he broke it, and he began to give it to them. Hold on a second. He gave thanks. These two dudes are feeling brokenness, insecurity, fear, rejection, failure, all the what-ifs. They're feeling the Saturday feelings, and here is Jesus giving thanks. It kind of takes us back to, to last week, that the enter with the password. The password is having thanksgiving in your heart. Hold on a second. Verse 31 says, Then their eyes were opened up, and then they recognized him, and he disappeared. He was here, and then he was gone. They asked each other, Were not our hearts burning within us while we talked? While he talked with us on the road, and he opened up the scriptures to us, so they got up and they returned at once to Jerusalem. There they found the eleven and those with them assembled together and saying, It is true, the Lord has risen and he has appeared to Simon. Hold on a second. These are the same two dudes who were going to Emmaus, wanting for a change of scenery, with an old song in their mouths. They have a collision with Jesus, and now all of a sudden they can remember everything that God has done. They no longer have to live in the feelings of Saturday because there is a victory song on Sunday called the resurrection. They no longer have to live with the old song of Saturday because there is something that happened on Sunday when the stone was rolled away and Jesus walked out of the tomb. They no longer have to live with the insecurity, but now they they can put a new song in their mouth so they can shout for joy unto the Lord and they can worship him with thanksgiving in their hearts because he is their salvation. He is their hope. He is their resurrection. Somebody get up on your feet and give God a Sunday kind of praise, a brand new kind of praise. Come on, somebody. Give him praise like only you can. Yes. Good Lord. 